and Principal Matters podcast, episode 246. Hi, friends. This is Will Parker, host of Principal Matters, the school leaders podcast, where each week I bring you inspiring, innovative, and imaginative ideas for your school leadership. This week, I want to talk about the challenges and solutions leading post-pandemic. If you'd like other free resources like this one, you can check out all my resources at my website at williamdparker.com. Several days ago, I hosted a quick gathering of Principal Matters listeners from a mastermind that I had led back in the fall for a reopening opportunity for principals who jumped in a free mastermind opportunities for principals across the U.S. who are collaborating on solutions for starting the school year as the pandemic was still in full swing. And as we're wrapping up the school year in the spring, I reached back to that group and four principals jumped into an afternoon conversation with me to talk about updates from their schools across the U.S. as well as challenges and solutions that they're still considering for finishing the spring and looking into summer. And I just wanted to give you a taste of this conversation. We spoke for 60 minutes and I've taken 30 minutes of that conversation to place in today's podcast episode with permission. So you're going to hear the voices of four administrators, Eric Hoops, who leads Chanute Elementary School in Chanute, Kansas, Sam Fuller, who leads South Aiken High School in Aiken, South Carolina, Kimberly Miles, who leads East Grisham Elementary School in Gresham, Oregon, and Cynthia Winchester, who leads Mary Helen Berlanga Elementary in Corpus Christi ISD in Texas. Several things I just want to say on the front end of this conversation that I think will resonate with your experience as principals, because if I had the same conversation with you, I think I would probably hear some similar feedback. First, that includes challenges that principals are facing, which include teacher exhaustion, decision fatigue, a credibility question over having to make decisions that often have to be tabled, teaching and learning challenges as you're working with students in and out of schools, and then lack of emotional support for principals in the field. And one incredible quote that Sam Fuller says in this podcast, if you don't feel like you're not drowning, you probably don't care which I just thought was a powerful quote. And then we jump into some conversations on solutions. And that includes ideas like networking with other admins, building master schedules to help bridge the gaps, to bring back students to campuses successfully, identifying priorities and action steps to make it through this next phase, and then rediscovering the positivity and morale that's needed to keep schools moving with the right momentum. So I just want to say a quick thank you to Cynthia and Kimberly and Eric and Sam for jumping in this conversation with me. You're going to hear me peppering them with questions and providing them opportunities for feedback and some candid conversations among principals when they're sitting in a room, just brainstorming ideas together. It also gives you a taste of what some of those mastermind opportunities feel like. And if you're interested in reaching out to me for mastermind opportunities going into the summer, I do have some openings beginning in June. You can always reach me at my website at williamdparker.com slash mastermind if you want to look at the applications there or just email me at will at williamdparker.com. I hope you're having a fantastic day. Thanks for doing what matters and thanks for listening to this week's episode.
Well, Eric, so catch me up. Tell me what's going on at your school. Remind me um, where you are and then catch me up on what 2021 has looked like for your school. Uh, so currently in um, building principal Chanute Elementary School here in Chanute, Kansas. So I'm down here in the southeast corner of Kansas. Um, about 700, 700 students here, about 180 staff members. So um, pretty big place. Um, we have, I'm proud to say, we've had our doors open since August 24th. And our doors have not closed except for, um, we're saying, except for um, like the Christmas holiday, Thanksgiving holiday, things like that. Um, things got very interesting right around, right after Halloween, um, you know, people decided to go out and do the trick or treat thing. And, and we were down, um, I remember a couple days, Thursday and Friday of that week following Halloween, we were down to myself and, and I believe I had a, build, a school counselor were the only two other certified people that could have stepped into a classroom. Um, but, uh, no, right now things are, things have really gone back out. We're really starting to open up some things again. Um, you know, at the beginning of the year, all of our specials were in the classroom and kids basically, um, went into the classroom and never left the classroom. Um, now all the specials are back in their classroom, uh, starting to have some, um, events that are other than sporting events where parents are able to come in, that type of thing. So uh, getting back to some sense of normalcy here at the end of the year. Well, Eric, thanks for that update. Sam Fuller, it's great to see your face. Remind us where you are, Sam, and give us a quick update. Aiken, South Carolina, we are, we've been back in school full-time um, since March the 1st. We tried, like I just another call also about, we were trying to do a senior gala thing that would not have dancing, um, but our parents weren't having, they weren't having dancing. So um, they put on the event the same night as I suppose the senior gala. So I canceled that because we only sold 27 tickets and we got over 300 seniors. Um, so that event got canceled. So we, it's, it's been, it's been, a, it's been an exercise in flexibility. Okay. Oh, that's, wow. That's, that's so challenging because you know how hard you guys have worked to reconnect with kids and you're not the only principal I've talked to whose parents have um, run a, a, a play that no one expected and set up something outside of the school. Mm -hmm. I was talking to a principal last week who um, was dealing with the same thing with a, with a, a quote unquote secret party that parents were putting on that had gone out through social media. And so uh it doesn't even matter if you form the party, somehow suddenly you're responsible for what may happen at it. And so she was having to address that too. That is tough. Kimberly Miles, it's great to have you in this conversation. What's going on with you? Give us a quick update about your district and what's going on at your school. State testing, we just found out last week that we got to our district applied to um, not participate. So I'm grateful for that because we're uh, elementary and, um, yeah, that's not what we need to be doing. We have A, B days, so they're only here five hours a week. Can you imagine if we had to test them during that time? That's a hot mess, right? So uh, yeah, we have about um, 550 students this year, a hybrid online. We're just trying to make it work. It's been over a year now, right, everyone? Kimberly, you said that you all really just started bringing them back in the building. 
Uh, next year, I'm pretty sure that all of South Carolina will be attending five days a week. Uh, other states are, I think it really is along red and blue lines of what they're looking at doing for then for even next year. Yeah, I'll give you an example. I was on the phone this morning with or emailing this morning with the principal from New Jersey, and this was his first day back. So, you know, and you guys may have been a part of that same email loop. Um, so, yeah, Kimberly, go ahead and respond to that. So the state of Oregon has not made that uh, clear to us yet. And so the anticipating uh, anticipation of waiting is killing us because we need to make a decision. I guess, um, Sam, I don't know about you, but I want a little bit of a summer this time around. And I want a decision made so that I don't have to keep coming back in the summer and then I can move forward and make plans. Because I don't know, Sam and Eric, if you have made plans and then had to throw them in the trash, make plans and throw them in the trash. I'm just so over that, right? It's just mm -hmm. exhausting. And mm -hmm. I just want a decision to be made. Not that the pandemic will allow us to do that, but leadership, I need that direction. Uh, that, Kim, I think you bring up, you know, the thing that I, I read a lot here recently about just this whole idea of decision fatigue. And, you know, there are just days when, you know, I really don't want one more person to come into the office and ask me another question. Whether it, I mean, whether it's even if it's a yes or a no, and I know the answer, um, there has just been, and, and you guys know this, we make thousands of decisions probably every day. But this year that has just been amped up and a lot of the decisions have had um, many more implications with them. Um, so I think that's been a difficult part too, because um, you know, for instance, at the elementary level, a lot of our discussions have been with our little guys' uh, music programs. And do you do them online? Do you do them in person? Do you take the mask down? Do you leave the mask up? Do you separate them? On, I mean, all of these little things where last year they would have walked up on, sang their little songs, they would have walked off, parents would have been sitting in the stands, they would have, I mean, it would have worked out out great but there are so many decisions that go into things this year that it is that decision fatigue is it's real for sure i see cynthia and are you able to unmute and say hello and remind us where you are today yes cynthia winchester i'm coming to you from corpus christi texas way south texas and um I'm, I'm at the elementary level as well and that was the first time i have heard the phrase decision fatigue and i i am so glad that i'm not the only one <laughs> <laughs> well you're in good company i just completed my sixth first day of school we have six grading periods and so we have been accepting students face to face since the second grading period so i am now at about 90 percent capacity i have uh, my enrollment is 520 and of that, I have just about less than 100 remaining online. Um, I think the pressure of repeated absences um, of students that were not joining us online paired with um, the students, the parents realizing that we're at the end of the year and their, their student is nowhere near grade level. And so I think that sparked a fear in our parents, which pushed one last final push. So. It's been fast and furious, to say the least. Wow. Well, right before um, you guys logged in, I was talking first with Eric and Sam. And Kimberly, I'm going to pose this question to 
to you, Cynthia and Sam, I don't think you've had a chance to respond yet, but the question was, if you had to like hone in on what is the real challenge that you're facing right now with your school, how, how would you explain that? Eric's response to that was teacher morale, but I'm just really curious how the rest of you would respond to that question. What is the, the real challenge you're facing right now? Cynthia, do you want to go first? Sure. So that the biggest, the biggest challenge overall has been teacher fatigue. Definitely number one is keeping my teachers fired up and powered up to finish strong. Academically, speaking of students, it is teaching on grade level standards while at the same time catching the students up from their unfinished learning. I came across an article that said we really don't have learning loss. Learning just stopped. We have unfinished learning. So the biggest challenge has been how do we teach grade level teaks while at the same time address where learning stopped, which was mid-year of last year. Well, thank you. And Kimberly shared a really great response on that term, unfinished learning. So thank you, Kimberly, for that resource. How would you respond to that same question? I think our families are also in, you know, we're a Title I school. All of our kids are eligible for, um, you know, lunch and breakfast. Not that that's happening anymore. That's a different story. But our families are in um, fatigue as well. I uh, just was had a parent drop off a Chromebook that had been shattered because the child threw the Chromebook out the front door. I'm not kidding. So, you know, it's just our families are struggling with facilitating learning in the home. And, you know, so that makes it really, they're at a tipping point. Wow. And I, I appreciated something you said earlier too, Kimberly, which is just, and you guys all chimed in on this, is um, the importance of reestablishing realistic expectations in advance. I mean, that's such an important part of leadership. And Eric, I was, I think I was on your Twitter feed today. Someone, someone, maybe it wasn't yours. It may have been Derek that had emailed me earlier from New Jersey, but someone had been reading the book by, and um, by Britt Andretti, Wired, Wired, um, what's it called? She has one called Wired to, to Grow, and she has another one called Wired to Resist. And it's all about how if we, um, the human brain is wired to resist change. And so as leaders, the more we can anticipate what that change is going to be in advance, the less stress people have. Well, that's been impossible now, because every time you want to plan six months to a year down the road, you don't know if you can pull the triggers. And so I, I, I don't even know how, I don't even know what to advise people when it comes to the inabilities to be able to plan ahead, except to just say plan ahead and then hope that you're not going to have to erase those. Sam, I don't know if you've had a chance to respond to that question. What is, how would you define your real challenge right now? I, I'll go along with that. One of the, we, we said, we've said it multiple times today, and, and I've said it multiple times this year, well, decision fatigue. Uh, one of the things that aggravates me more than anything else is having to say, I don't know. Um, and I've said that so many times this year to my teachers, to my parents, to my students. Uh, and 
So not having the knowledge, the ability to, like I say, make decisions, uh, tell people what's coming next. Um, I, and then I tell them something that is coming next and then it's changed. And now they're looking at me like I'm incompetent. So that has, because uh, it's hard to it's hard to lead when I haven't I don't know what the leadership what the direction the leadership take the direction of the leadership in, um, so that's that's been a frustrating thing. Um, and then, but I've that's also the, the major challenge is I don't know how and where to lead. I don't I, I can't say when I'm going to put my focus and effort and energy because I'm not sure where we're going. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Uh, does someone have reflections on that? Sam, I think you're just hearing you talk about the idea of, of saying, I don't know, and having to say, I don't know. I think one of the things that I've experienced this year is there's almost this understanding or this thought that as building administrators, we've led through a pandemic before. Not, not as a whole, not as a whole staff, but, um, but sometimes I certainly get that feeling. And, you know, you see, um, I see a lot of things about um, teachers and what teachers are going through and that type of thing. But I think, and I don't know, you know, maybe this is getting me just getting up on a soapbox being the administrator, but the idea that I think we forget sometimes that the five people, the four people on this screen that are currently in buildings doing this work, we've never led through a pandemic either. Like we don't, like honestly, Sam, when we have to say, I don't know, it's an, it's an honest, I don't know. Like I don't, you know, there was a time, yes, Will, when I first logged on, we were talking about that time right after Halloween and the idea of whether our doors were going to stay open or not. And the answer had to be, I don't, I don't know right now. Like right now we are short on staff. Um, I don't know what tomorrow brings type of thing. Um, but I do think there, I mean, and I don't think it's, it's not a, it's not a willful um, on their part or anything, but I just think, you know, typically you would be able to come to your building administrator and get answers about class schedules for next year or, you know, what are we going to do about that field trip or this program or whatnot? And there's a lot of times I would agree with Sam. It's have to, it's had, it has had to been, I don't know, or I don't know yet, or I'm going to have to wait and get back to you. And that, that type of answer, I'm right there with you, Sam. It's, it's hard um, because then what I've also found is some of those decisions aren't made and we can't make them until couple days before maybe a day before simply because we've got to have all of that information when in years prior it would have been able to have been uh let them know a week in advance or, or a couple weeks in advance mm. so what i'm hearing you say eric and sam is the the frustration with um the inability to be able to tell people the answers that they want and just how trapped we feel by the things we can't control. Uh, other reflections, because I'm sure there are Kimberly or Cynthia, you may have reflections too. Well, I'll jump in here. Sam, you said a word and it really resonated with me is credibility or cred, you know, I just feel like I keep saying, I don't know. And then my, and then I, I tell you something and then 
an hour later and I'm not being silly, but it, it changes that quickly. And I feel like my credibility is has decreased substantially and it makes me feel that as a less effective or informative leader. And if I'm given this charge to you know, facilitate so many things, my credibility is lessened and, and that feels really uncomfortable. Wow. Kimberly, you're the first person I've heard say it that way. So thank you. I've not thought about that before. A great way to put it though. I would agree. Mm -hmm. I would agree a hundred percent because again, it's one of those things you're a hundred percent correct. In the past, we've been able to give that answer. And then if, if it had to change, there were some clear circumstances that made it change. Mm -hmm. Uh, Cynthia, you had thoughts. I did. So I, I don't know if I had shared this with our group, but not only am I leading a campus through a pandemic, but this is my first year as a campus principal. So not only am I <laughs> navigating a pandemic, add to that the weight of being a first year principal. I um before this, I was a district administrator under curriculum and instruction of advanced academics. So add that in there too, is that my background is high school. So I, in hearing these wonderful leaders speak, I cannot tell you how assuring it is to know that you guys don't know either. <laughs> so I don't feel so bad not knowing. Um, and everyone keeps telling me that this is not a normal year. And, you know, I'm having to answer questions that include ordering cap and gown for kindergrads that we can't share because of germs. You know, the decisions and the not knowing of the decisions is exhausting. And I would agree with my colleagues in this group that um, it is frustrating not knowing so much every day. I have one more thought to add, and I don't know how you guys feel, but um, instruction is at the heart of, of who I am and, and the kind of building leader that I am. It's just like, that is why I became a principal to facilitate learning both with the teachers and the students. And that has taken a total backseat. I mean, we understand why, but that's that's been really personally hard for me is that we can't focus in on teaching and learning. I'm not, even in this social emotional realm is that there are so many other things that are coming to the forefront of our challenges that we face that is that that is not the topic of conversation anymore. Um, I also feel, if, if I may, that yes. just from my perspective, our district, um, we have 39,000 students in our district, and I really don't feel that there's enough emotional social support for our campus leaders. Um, I know that, you know, there's a lot of support going out there for teachers and for students and for families, but what I'm seeing is that the principals themselves, um, there's not a lot out there for them. And you know, it's, it's very vulnerable to put yourself in a position that says I'm drowning because you're the campus principal and you always have to be on, even though you may not be on it, you always have to be on. And I think if we're not careful and if we don't provide the supports that the principals need at this time, I think we might be in, um, in line for a big turnover. 
Wow. Cynthia, you've got so many thoughts going through my mind because I remember when we connected originally, and this is a much smaller group than we had back in the fall, you know, we were talking about a reopening mastermind. And now I'm sitting here thinking about like, um, I don't even have the name in my brain, but like, how do you close mastermind? You know, like, you know, because, you know, finishing the race mastermind, you know, because this is the end maybe harder than the beginning in some cases. And um, because some of you guys are just in places where either a, you're just now getting kids back or B you're finishing up with a lot of exhaustion because of how hard the year's been. Um, I know here in Oklahoma, there's also lots of uh, communities that are just pushing for lifting of all protocols. You know, they're just like, well, we vac- we're vaccinated now. Things are getting better now. And so, especially in our rural communities, they've, uh, I know at least one school, one or two that have already lifted mask mandates and um, and then other schools that are, are that are remaining stringent on those protocols till the end of the school year. So, and Sam, you brought that up, the, the politics push a lot of the things that you guys are having to respond to as leaders. And so you, you know what learning outcomes you want, what cultural outcomes you want, how much your teachers need to be supported, but then you're trying to manage all of that within the context of people's politics and it's not just schools. This is happening in businesses. It's happening in churches. It's happening in in in, work, in workplaces. Um, so we sh- we sh- we sh- I think we're sharing this grief with a lot of other people. But you guys are, I think, in a really vulnerable pay- place because of what you said earlier, Kimberly. And, and I'll Constance, add this, Cynthia. Yeah. I'll add this, Cynthia. Uh, this is my third principle. My second year was cut short by a pandemic, and this is my third year. If, if anything is, if I've learned anything is if you don't if you're a principal and you don't feel like you're drowning you probably just don't care mm. you, you probably because everything once you fixed something and it's going well then that means now something else is going to catch your eye and now it's time to fix that and there's something else catches your eye and now it's time to fix that and you're always going to be behind on something trying to fix something else because like so, so the ones who I've seen that aren't drowning, they're not really invested in the job anymore. That is a thank you for that observation, Sam. I've not heard anyone say that either. Um, and Sam, can I? I actually wrote it down because it captured it so well, and I'm just going to repeat it to see if I got it right. If you don't feel like you're drowning, you you just don't care. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So, so I have a solution, and for myself that I've. I'm just doing for me because I'm losing my mind just a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I put together a principal group in my state of title one principals who are, I, I need a friend. I need more than one friend. And I need friends that are like living the dream that I am dreaming right now, or maybe it's a nightmare. I don't know. And so I put together groups are just like, there's like six or seven of us and we're just going to do it together. And I don't know what that means, but I had to do something because I was losing my mind Mm -hmm. just a little bit. And so I don't know if that's an answer, but I'm, I'm trying to look for an answer. Even I don't want to admire the problem too much. I want to, I want to do something about it. So we just met once. Um, the co-founder had major health issues. She's out. So I'm just going to move forward. So even I don't want to I don't want to get stuck in admiring the challenge. 
I want to do something. So I'm just figuring out and I'm probably going to fail at it, but I'm going to try, right? No, you are not. I'm so proud of you, Kimberly. And uh, Cynthia just chatted in to, can you unpack how, how did you do that? How did you make that happen? So it's something I've been wanting to do for the last six months or so, because um, I just needed some, like this group, I just needed, you know, but I needed people that were like our group, like Title I, all those regulations, all that federal stuff. And so I reached out to colleagues that I, we're we're focusing in on literacy. So we do have a focus and we're going to focus in on MTSS. So I kind of gave them a framework. Are you interested or not? I did it by people that I know or colleagues who could recommend to me. So I was very select on who would be interested in collaborating, crying, I don't know what else, together and moving forward. Because we, the next word, we, I talked about learning loss and unfinished learning. Our state also put out um, another phrase, moving from reme- remediation to acceleration. So how are we gonna accelerate learning next year? So that's kind of our focus with through literacy. How are we gonna um, accelerate? So I'm, I don't know, I'm just trying something. Like someone said, uh, Sam, you maybe said earlier, drowning. So I just felt like I was drowning. So I needed somebody to help me out. I like that. I was gonna say this because we um we started a level like in my district. I, I brought together my feeder school principals, so my middle school and elementary school principals. And so you talk about being uh, drowning um, until you're able to get probably some of that venting out and get some of that raw emotion out it's hard to get to the actual work that needs to be done. Mm. Um, so when we get together, we are able to vent and talk and, and share our frustrations. And then we, because eventually, because we all care, you're going to end up back at the kids. And now how are you going to help the kids? And now the is going to get there. It's just sometimes you need to give, be able to talk to another adult about your frustrations in the same position. So you can actually let that go to talk about the kids. Oh, I love that you said it's about the kids, right? Mm-hmm. Love that. Eric, you had a thought. Uh, I will never refer to COVID as a blessing or a pandemic as a blessing, but one of the good things that it forced us to do in Kansas was uh, it did force us to form some of those groups like Kimberly's talking about. So um, our USA group and as well as our local education service center. So uh, have both uh, USA now is down to once a month, but that one is uh, Kansas administrators across the state of Kansas. And then Greenbush, our local education service center, it's more of um, just those of us down here in the southeast corner of the state. But um, I would agree with Sam, one of the most beneficial things on there sometimes is just hearing that Sam's having the same problems that I am. Like it's not just a Chanute Elementary School thing, it's a it's a Southeast Kansas thing, or it's a the state of Kansas, or Will, we were talking earlier, it's it's a national thing. It's not, so I think sometimes it's easy, especially right now, um, sometimes being building principal is pretty lonely. Um, and you begin to feel like it is, you know, it's just your building, or it's just this part of your building type of thing that's struggling. And, um, and it's just beneficial to hear and you know, once everybody gets that opportunity to get those out there, I would agree with Sam that the next step then is after you've had the chance to get it out there, now what are we gonna do about it to move forward? Um, because we do, we have to have that chance to get it out, but then we have to have a chance also to talk to 
other building administrators. And what are we going to do now to move forward? Well, thanks for that. And and that just leads to to two questions that I wanted to ask as we're looking at the last several minutes together here. But and you can choose which of these two questions you want to ask. But um, when I'm in circles like this, I like to ask the question: What what is it you really want? What is if you could like frame that? Uh, this is what I would like to see happen. You know, or the follow-up question to that would be how how might we help you make that happen? And I don't know which direction you would want to go with either one of those questions, but but those are the the questions that I'm thinking right now. So I'll I'll go first. Um, I I'm trying to find sound research that will help me build the best master schedule that will bridge the gaps that we have in our data and the gaps are huge that is what's keeping me up at night is um what is the best practice of a sound master schedule coming out of a pandemic like this okay cynthia i have an awesome schedule i'm going to send to you it's going to make you cry we have about the same number of students and um it's something that supports uh, multi-tiered, multi-tiered systems of support for um, students. So I'll share it with you. Thanks. Other thoughts going through your head when you guys think about those two questions I asked, what is it that you really want or how can we help? I think the thing, the thing that I want more than anything is to get back to um, where we were at as a building last year prior to the pandemic. Um, last year was my first year as building principal and it clearly ended in March when we closed the doors. And then this year, I mean, we've all lived this life. So, um, but I truly do feel like last year we took a lot of steps. We had, um, I was told several times that staff morale and whatnot was at the highest it's been in quite some time, but you know, that has taken a direct hit this year. You know, and people definitely feel like staff morale is probably at one of the lowest points that we've been. Um, mm-hmm. So ideas and thoughts as to how we get, you know, how do we get the staff back up there? You know, Sam, Will, we we're talking about teacher burnout and that whole idea. How do we give them, give them time now um, to uh, take a break from things? to re-energize, to do those things. Um, but then, you know, come August, how do we bring them back, you know, fired up, hopefully, you know, in a perfect world, you know, masks are gone, social distancing is gone. I know it's not going to just all go away like that, but um, getting getting back to the business of educating kids of what we all got into this business for and not, um, drawing up policies and procedures to lead through a pandemic that we've done this year. Well, Eric, I can really hear your heart in that. Thanks. Other, other thoughts. My recommendation would be that if you're, um, bringing, you know, you want to come back and change the culture and mind shift of, you know, where you're going to start in the fall. Um, one mistake that I've made in the past is I tried to do it on my own and failed miserably. And um, so what I learned is that I need to have others who are invested in the same vision, which is our le- leadership team. And we did it together the following year. 
And not only was it more successful, I can't say totally successful, but more sure. successful is because we had fun together. I mean, that's, that was, you know, we laughed and played and, you know, and that was, that's not who I am, but that's what I learned to be. So, I mean, really, seriously. Good and point. So, yeah. So um, we did it together and they did things that I thought, oh, okay, but you know, that's what they needed. And it, so it's not about me. It's about we. Mm. That helped. That's so good. I passed a kid, you know, guys, I don't know if you know, I office at a school um, as I work for um, my state association, we have offices in Oklahoma city, but I office on the Tulsa side of Oklahoma. And I was passing a couple of kids today in the hall. And uh, even though I don't leave the school, I, I love to listen to kids and they were talking about basketball. And I heard the, it seemed like the older kid, cause he was much bigger than the other kid. I heard the older kids say, we don't have an A and B team. We're just a team. And I just thought, yes, I'm going to grab that quote. And you're the first ones I got to say it to. But I just love that because um, you're right, Kimberly. When we can, when it, when we when we circle it back to we we not me, um, then we have better solutions. Other other thoughts or questions you guys want to express? Well, I appreciate you all talking about leadership team because honestly, we had an admin meeting on Monday, and that's something that I've talked about trying to do is revamp our leadership team as well um, to make it, well, like I said, I'm trying to make the decisions and get things done. And it, 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 it's, it's, it's a lot tougher, I believe. So I'm trying to revamp my leadership team in order to make sure that everybody has a voice, but the voice is actually not uh, complaining, but actually moving us in the right direction. So I appreciate it. Because high school is different. Uh, I just, and Cynthia, you you've been working with high school and curriculum and all that. So high school is just different. It's just different. Thanks for that, Sam. Cynthia, did you have any closing thoughts or questions? It's incredible what 30 minutes can do to the mind <laughs> body. And so um I have hope. I have hope. And um Kimberly, thank you. I'll probably email you a little bit about your schedule once I get to look at it. But I have hope in that we are not alone, no matter our campus, no matter our size, no matter our location, we are all going through the exact same thing. And I don't know if that's ever happened before. And it's reassuring to know that we are definitely not alone. And we are one team, all of us, campus leaders, we are one team. Well, guys and ladies, thank you for giving me like just these few minutes today, because um, you guys know I interview a lot of people and I talk to a lot of leaders, but um, so often when it's just one-on-one -on -one or when we're working through a topic, there's a goal, which is whatever the message is that we're trying to uncover in that conversation. But this has just been so good for me today to just get in a room and just talk challenge. And then in Kimberly, I appreciate you so much also sharing, let's now transition to solution. I just want to be available for you guys to reach out. I, I know this is a group that we, you know, pulled together back in the fall. Um, I'm happy to talk anytime. I know you're busy and I'm busy, but um, my cell phone number is always at the bottom of my email and you are welcome to text me uh, to call me if you've got other reflections. But just this whole time together has just um, really helped me gain better perspective on the work you guys are doing. And um I appreciate each of you. Thank you for um, responding to the invitation. Thanks for the work that you're doing. And I, I wish I was in a room where we could just like have a meal together, but we're not. Maybe someday. Thank you so much for your time, Will. Appreciate it. Thank you, Will. All right. We'll talk to you hey. soon.
Pause, 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 breathe, and flourish. Pause, breathe, <laughs> and flourish. We'll talk That's to you guys right. soon. Bye, guys. You can find other free resources like this one at my website at williamdparker.com.